Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a universe read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. We're diving into a brand new book today and because we are starting something new, I need some new people in my life because I've met lots of new incredible people and I'm bringing one of them on today and that is in the form of the brilliant Charlie from the Of the Elder Scorch podcast. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to finally be here. (laughs) Yeah. Friendship. Friendship unlocked. Woo. (laughs) We did it. I, I just want to point out the fact that our friendship is more actual friendship than the seven, and I think that's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have more Crushing of my dreams. My dreams. <laughs> I wish they were friends. <laughs> yeah. I know they're not. I know they're not, but I, I wish they were. <laughs> yeah. One day, one day, hopefully, when that's get when that gets adapted when I'm like 40. And Heroes of Olympus <laughs> slowly being adapted. Maybe then we'll see it fixed. Oh, God. That's <laughs> so far away. It's so... Well, it's only like a decade from me. It'll be close to 40. Oh, that's a horrifying thought. Let's move in. Charlie, tell everyone about yourself. Oh, well, uh, I am a person. I exist. Um, I have my own Percy Jackson podcast called Of the Eldest Gods. Currently, we're on uh, The Titan's Curse, me and my co-host, Ray. We're we're going at it. It's real fun. Um, We also talk about, like, the mythology stuff that's happening as each chapter is going. And then we do our little close reading. It's some fun stuff. It is a lot of fun. Um, if uh, just because I'm also going to shout out the other, if you like the muses of mythology, you are going to love of the eldest gods. It's got the it's got the similar vibes. I love it, it. I adore it. Really, like I listened to them and I was like, oh, this is like us, but like more the mythology part. And like I try to combine the book and the mythology into one. You've got you've got what was it? You've got you've got the full sandwich. You've got the bread, and then you've got the innings. You've got, like, you're a full sandwich. You've got the mythologies on both sides, and then you've got the book in the middle. Yes. it's Or maybe it's the other way around. It, either way, it's a it's, sandwich. It's, I'm hungry. You know... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's like we talk about the mythology for an hour, and then it's like, oh, right, we gotta go talk about the chapter now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's fine. 
<laughs> that is the best way to have it. Um, and for anyone who's listening, if you do want to check out of the Elder Scrolls, that is going to be linked in the episode show notes. So um, it is, it is, uh, it's not a requirement, but it is. So um, it's, a, it's go, a requirement. It is it's a requirement. <laughs> you have to listen. Yes, you're now obligated. Yeah, I was going to say. I always say, oh, it's not an obligation but it actually no, is no, I'm, I'm requiring it yeah <laughs> it's just it's my subtle way of saying it's not but it is <laughs> so do it <laughs> oh gosh but uh yeah so i have charlie on today to dive into this next stage of the timeline journey of the royal verse which is the start of the mark of athena Charlie, this is your favorite book from Heroes of the Olympus, isn't it? Or one of them? Yeah, it goes back and forth between this and House of Hades, but like, mm. yeah, usually this one just because of like, I know you're gonna be like, oh, but the seven aren't friends, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's it. This is when the group finally met, and I was like so excited for this one to happen because it's like we finally get the vibes of all of them together. And that That's made me right. very, very happy. And also the Annabeth perspective, finally. <laughs> finally. Oh my gosh, yeah. We yeah, I was gonna say, years. It, makes, it makes sense, because like, the only other one where all the seven are together is Blood of Olympus, and it's Blood of the Olympus, so of course yeah. it's not going to be in the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is just like, we're, we're finally meeting the gang, and we're all happy to be here except we're not because rome is burning again uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they really need to like invest in some like fire retardant sort of material yeah yeah you know of it. like seriously come on now first we had nero now we have leo come on guys come on <laughs> get it together <laughs> <laughs> So we are starting at the start of Mark of Athena, which is the section entitled Uniting the Camps, which is from pages 1 to 47. As always, we'll leave our points to focus on. So today we've got openings, characters, relationships, and generally what we thought of it. So let's dive in. Um, so I'm just going to read the little bit of the cheesy quick overview <laughs> of this section. And then we can just dive in just talking about all the stuff that's happening and um, go crazy on your front of just like, this is so exciting, and me just being my usual cynical self and ruining it for everyone. <laughs> Yay! Yeah! <laughs> so this section is solely from Annabeth's point of view. We love that for her. Um, oh my god, I'm just picturing Leah now being this Annabeth, like, and getting a whole section with Leah as Annabeth. Oh so my god. Excited. Her judo flipping walker is probably going to be the best thing I ever see in my life. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can picture it. I need someone to draw this. Do it. Oh my, if it hasn't yes. been done, it needs to be done. Yes, calling all fan artists who may or may not listen to this podcast. Maybe I'll just clip this section and put it out on social media. Please draw Leah as Annabeth judo flipping walker as Percy because... That will be legendary. I need it. If I have to do it myself, I will draw it myself. But I wish somebody else would do it for me. <laughs> just so you can experience it. Just experience that fan art and just be like, wow. You know, sometimes it's great to create the thing for yourself. But sometimes it's like, wow, I needed that. Thank you. Thank you for making it before I thought of it. 
Yes. You know? Or both. Both. Both? Both is yeah. good. Yeah. Both is good. <laughs> both is always good. Well, not always. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here is the overview for Annabeth's chapters. With nerves aplenty, our four heroes arrive at Camp Jupiter to join up with the new three. There's some conflict building, as Greeks and Romans have always been suspicious of one another. But for now, they'll be civil. Probably. Annabeth is thrilled to see Percy again, but is also not in the best of headspaces from some drama with her mother and a cold feeling at the nape of her neck. After it is determined that the seven of the prophecy have been compiled and they must go to Rome and Greece to save the world, Annabeth is taken aside by Raina, two queens, we love it, Laying out her history to Raina, she learns that the prophecy Ella spouted only a little while ago is one that both she and Raina have heard before. The Mark of Athena, the journey of any child of hers, is a dangerous one that it seems Annabeth will have to take on. Things seem to be going well until Leo fires on the camp and all hell breaks loose. Unable to calm things down, our new seven flee the camp as fast as they possibly can with an unconscious Jason. <laughs> that boy. As always. <laughs> Literally. I feel so bad for him. That's like the one thing he's known for, is being hit with bricks and being unconscious. <laughs> I think this is why he becomes a himbo later. It's because he has no brain cells left. Like. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> he's hit on the head so many times that he's just become so dumb. And we love him. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Poor guy. Him. But he should see a doctor. Because <laughs> that's not Will good. is the only doctor in this series. There's no other doctors. Yeah, and we've not technically officially properly met Will. At the, well, we met him in like the previous series, but we've not heard from him again. Oh no, we did meet him in Lost Hero. God, I'm forgetting a lot of things already. It's been a long time. <laughs> I only read this for this, so I can't remember half the things. But I'm happy to be able to talk spoilers on this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, always. A- anything and everything spoiler-wise, so you're all good. <laughs> oh, maybe just because I-, I just, I know I'm going to mess up and say a spoiler if I try to stop saying spoilers. <laughs> I'm going to do it by accident anyway, so just we try. around. <laughs> Me and Ray try so hard to be like, no spoilers, wait, wait, but we have to talk about this thing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is really hard. It's so hard. Just Ugh. talking Titan's Curse and being like, I love Nico, but I can't talk about him right now. <laughs> I can't talk about the things that I know that you guys may not know yet, so we're going to just have to skirt around that. Uh, <sighs> sad times. <Yeah. laughs> but don't worry, you can talk freely here. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of the this section? Like, What are your thoughts, your feelings, how are you doing with it all? I mean, we we jump right into it with like Annabeth like leading them, even though she's like, but but why am I leading them? I don't know because like I'm Annabeth, I'm I'm the daughter of Athena. I guess that's my thing. But like Jason should be doing it, right? Right? No, no, no. Jason should not be doing it. He's been hit on the head too many times. We've been <laughs> over this, Annabeth. <laughs> And then just Terminus coming in there, like, you can't bring that ship in here. That ship is a weapon. Guys, guys, Annabeth herself is a weapon. She shouldn't be allowed in New Rome. I, I think, <laughs> I, I don't think she should be allowed in New Rome. 
yeah honestly she, i've that oh god imagine if that was the case of just like she goes to step across the barrier and her minister she's like um i think not no no you're <laughs> turn you're around too cool. you're too badass we're you're not allowed nope not happening no oh but i was gonna say with terminus coming in can we talk about the weird prejudice towards kids of athena oh my god i forgot it's that just... was a thing yeah yeah it's it's just i have so many feelings and emotions and it's just like why yeah why <laughs> rome <laughs> you like sense. you like militaristic things why don't you like annabeth come on yeah she just... she's the most warrior of all of them why don't you like her oh she's a daughter of this goddess who we don't think is cool because she's just a weaving goddess. She's not a warrior. Oh, oh fuck God. you, Rome. Fuck you. Yeah. And then they bring in this like, oh, it's because she's meant to be a maiden goddess, but you exist. So that means that she forgot and she, well, I can't think, I can't say that word. She, she stopped being a maiden. I'm just like, you know, you know, we've already had this talk. In, like, the Percy Jackson series, like, we had to explain how Annabeth was born. And this is when we get the whole belly button thing. I'm oh, actually yeah. excited about that. We got the whole, like, yes, I have a belly button. Annabeth, I think you're lying, actually, though. <laughs> this is yes. my conspiracy theory. I think Annabeth is lying and she draws it on. She just pretends she has a belly button. <laughs> Athena just constructed them herself so they're actually god made <laughs> so they're not a real belly button she just kind of poked a hole and it's like that'll do <laughs> that's like, fine i don't know how children work <laughs> i wasn't born like a usual child so i guess this is fine this is good <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> that whole debate of is annabeth really you know <laughs> human because she shouldn't have dna <laughs> Annabeth has no DNA. The gods have no DNA. <laughs> yeah, and she was not born from a human, so she's got none. She got none from her mom, got none from her dad. That means she has none. Does that mean that she's technically just automatically a god? Because she doesn't have any mortal you DNA. You know, you know, I, I have so many questions here. Like, she's born more similarly to how Hephaestus was born from Hera. Like, I'm just gonna make, create a child. And Hephaestus is a full god. Like, yeah. Annabeth should be a full god. I am not opposed to this theory that the children of Athena are more god than they are demigod. Owen, get on this. You need, to, you need to do an episode about how the children of Athena are actually gods. Yeah. <laughs> Owen, if you're listening, and if not, I'll just send you this episode so you can find the specific part do an episode on this i feel like i've asked him once before to do an episode to do with annabeth's dna and how that makes no fucking sense <laughs> i don't know if he's done it yet so i'll have to check but it does need examining because what the fuck you know this is why she's the leader of the seven it's because she's actually a goddess <laughs> i will take it because that at least makes sense I talk about this so much in this in this book and also just in the series. I do not understand how Annabeth became one of the seven because she wasn't in the two previous books as a member of a quest. Last She's year, just it's here. Like, 
<laughs> Annabeth, hey, I'm peacing out because I'm gonna go f- try to find Percy. Doesn't find Percy. What was the point of this? Um, yeah. <laughs> Annabeth, she's just here because, like, she's the take charge one. She's She just has... Someone needed to rein in the seven. And it wasn't gonna be Jason because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So... <laughs> Valid. <laughs> and definitely not Percy, because Percy will be the person that needs reining in. Exactly. Like, yeah. Percy will be a good, like, leader in battle and all of that stuff, but he also is a loose cannon, so yeah. we need Annabeth. Yeah. I'm just, just, I just need a little explanation of that in the books as to why she is there and I'll be good. Because, like, uh, she's not been in this series until this moment as, like, a full character. And I'm kind of like, I love it. But I do need a why. <laughs> the explanation is she wanted to find Percy. Therefore, she forced herself into this quest. Basically, just like she forced herself into the first quest she went on with Percy. Like, oh, I, I want to go out. I'm going on this quest. Like, this is this is just how she is. She's like, oh, no, no, I need to do this thing. I'm going on this quest. Like, that's I'll just take her. it. I just, I just need them to say, this is literally the only thing, just put the part, one line of, I'm here because I want to be and I must be. And I'll just be like, fair enough, love. Completely fair. <laughs> I understand. Well done. <laughs> just that one thing, because currently it's just being brushed over so quickly. And I'm just like, but it's I do important. need a reason. <laughs> it's not important to their journey. Just move along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move along. Nothing to see here. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and then like why is Coach Hedge here? Oh it my god. I forgot he was here until just now. Because he's he's like mentioned in like the first chapter and then he's just not mentioned again for the meantime. <laughs> well, it's because you really don't want this like angry goat man to be here while they're trying to make peace. Yeah. Why is he here? Yeah, why is he there in general? Is that like because he does cause a lot more problems than he solves. And I'm like, Grover's right here. Like, why isn't Grover here? I, I really wanted to be Grover. It really should have been Grover. Like, like Hedge is funny, but that's all he is. Yeah. He's not helpful. No. And really, the funny does wear off after a while when, like, yeah. he, he's very one-note funny. Like, after a while, when it's just the same thing, you're kind of like... Okay, but can we do something new? <laughs> yeah. And then Grover would bring in, like, the whole, like, because they're fighting the Earth, and he's all like, go green! I'm the Lord of the Wilds! Yeah. We need that. We need this yeah. energy. We need a lot of that energy. <laughs> I can just imagine we him need the good. To... Mm. Oh, sorry, carry on, carry on. We, we need, like, the, the good Lord of the Wild to defeat evil Mother Earth. Like, yes. you know? Yeah, that, that oh needs God. to be the dichotomy here. It does. Literally, the, the the first thing I was thinking of just to do with like if Grover had come there would be his way of trying to kind of talk Gaia down would be explaining his point by point plan to end climate change. Just like laying out all of his yes. ideas. <laughs> wait, wait, that's it. Replace Blood of Olympus with Grover doing that. <laughs> the PowerPoint presentation to a half-sleeping Gaia of how he will solve climate change. Like, 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 actually, everything is the same. She comes up, she rises up, and then Grover is like, and now, here is my PowerPoint. And then she's just, like, staring at him for, like, an hour. 
Yeah. And she's like, you know, this works. Goodbye. <laughs> and then she goes back to sleep. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's the end that's of the book. All, that, that would have been hilarious. Like, we have this huge battle with the giant. It's all, it's like, it works out, so to speak. Guy still rises. And then she is put back to sleep through reassurance that the earth will be safe. That would be both a funny and just like spot on message finale. <laughs> like all she needed to know was that they were going to try and solve climate change. Grover is here to solve climate change. I'm all for it. <laughs> it's got a section entirely dedicated to um, dealing with climate deniers. And like, <laughs> he's got a few options of like how to educate them. And the last one is if it doesn't work, death. <laughs> it's just My like favorite. you know what fair enough fair enough that's good with me <laughs> good night everyone <laughs> yep that'd be the perfect that would be the perfect ending <laughs> and then like she's falling asleep because it's a very long presentation so like she's just like yeah yeah you gotta figure it out i'm just gonna <sighs> <laughs> it's how long his presentation is that leads her to be agreeing and falling back asleep yep yeah perfect we did it perfect i'm down for that (laughs) oh my god credits (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh that would be great i do miss grover in this series like grover disappears after a while like we don't see him much again after like the main series when he was like so prominent he appears then in two books after this i think it's house of hades he's in yes and then very briefly yeah, very briefly in like a vision that someone has. Mm-hmm. And then he's in Burning Maze. And I think that's the last time we see him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. And right now, like I said, I'm on Titan's Curse. So I'm not loving him at the moment. He's trying to hit on those hunters. And I'm like, Grover. I understand consent, Grover. <gasps> when they don't like it, leave him alone. <laughs> Can we not? I love him in everything except that. Yeah. (laughs) That's his weakest moment. Truly, truly. Admittedly, this is that's the reason why I don't like Leo, is because Leo is like Grover in the Titan's Curse, but it just never stops. Mm, (laughs) mm. You know, I I think I think Leo's a little bit better because he doesn't just like wait outside of people's cabins. And just like sleep in the bushes. Okay, that he hasn't yet. done that. He hasn't, he hasn't done, done that. that. So, but he also still hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least Grover was just creepy just for like five days. Leo's done it for like a year at this point. Just being Leo, weird. Calm down. Keep it in your pants. This is why yeah. you have the suspenders so you keep the pants on. Yes. Drink your drink your respect women juice and then we'll be fine. I mean, come on. But, uh, oh well. <laughs> Back to well, Mark Athena. <laughs> this has been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and a journey like the one that they're going to go on very soon. Oh, uh, I, I do have to ask your thoughts on this because this is the thing that I... Um, I'm conflicted about um and it is this the part in Mark of Athena where like they're having this whole meal they're kind of like talking about their journeys and stuff and Leo 
recommends to Octavian to go up to the ship and have a look at it and stuff like that. Now, I don't like it because <laughs> of the fact that I'm just like, it's so plot convenient of just like a random suggestion of a guy who's just ve- vehemently hates anything to do with the Greeks and is just automatically judgmental of anything. That like, even if he sees the ship isn't dangerous, he'd still hate them. And that, that's been like a recurring theme of his character. So it's yeah. like the only reason he's brought up there and Leo goes up there is to then have them be firing on camp. And I'm just kind of like, I just don't, it's, I can read I, like that straight away where I'm just like, ah. I I think it, it really is for like the misdirect of like, oh, he's going to like fuck up the ship. Something's going to happen there. And then it's like, oh no, it was actually Leo. Leo was being controlled by a weird ghost thing. It's fine. Um, we don't find that out yet, but like, this this whole plan was because Leo was being controlled by the I can't pronounce the Greek word, but it's I just the call them ghosts. <laughs> yeah, controlled by the ghosts. It's it's because it's either going to be Octavian or Leo who's going to fire on camp. Like something yeah. bad is going to happen there, and it's going to be one of them. So that's why I would think that's that's it. Yeah, That's and like I, I, I definitely get the why. I think it's more just because like immediately I'm just like, I know the only reason why they're going up to the ship is to cause this drama because there doesn't feel like enough of a justification for them to be going up to the ship because like Octavian has been hostile consistently, not even about the ship, about everything. So like, so it's just kind of immediately like even the first time I read it, I was like, oh, okay, something's gonna happen, isn't it? <laughs> like, because I would immediately picked up on this is a bit random. <laughs> okay, huh. something's gonna happen. <laughs> Something could be happening here. I don't know what, but let's just get Octavian out of the way so we can get the two queens talking and start the Annabeth Reyna ship. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The 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 second female character that Annabeth has been shipped with first it was Annabeth and Rachel and now it's Annabeth and Raina oh my goodness Annabeth my bisexual queen what about Annabeth and Piper Annabeth and Piper I already saw it in Lost Hero but that was just me wanting to read into it too much yeah so I saw bits and pieces of it in Lost Hero but because both of them are talking a little bit more about their love interests in boys Mm-hmm. when they're interacting then so i didn't see it as much i think it's actually it's either i think it's this book that we have the introduction to the annabeth piper ship of um them meeting uh fear and something or other the, it, the aries and aphrodite kids i can't remember if it's this book or if it's the blood of olympus it's, it's one yeah. of them it's one of them <laughs> They're the only ones where those two are together so yeah. <laughs> yep so yeah, so I think technically, based on the interaction, it's Annabeth and Raina before Annabeth and Piper ship because there was just there was definitely a lot more in this interaction um, than there was with the first interaction between Annabeth and Piper because that was definitely more I'm missing my boyfriend, my boyfriend doesn't remember me interaction <laughs> than yeah we're cool women hanging out. Could think- it be gay? Maybe. <laughs> I think 13-year-old me, when I was first reading it, I was like, wow, they're, like, besties already. Because, like, they talked to that one time. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they're a ship. That's why. Um. 
Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, I'm also one of these people. Did these two women interact once? Cool, I ship it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have it. Yeah. And Emily, that is the only reason why I don't think I've ever considered, mainly because also the age difference aspect of the ship of Hazel and Annabeth, because from what I recall, mm. they never converse. <laughs> they never I talk. I don't think they do. Not directly, at least. Not without no. other people. Yeah. I, I don't think they do. <laughs> no, there's never like a proper one-on-one conversation between them. And that's happened with a lot of the characters, but like, there's not a proper one-on-one interaction. Because like, Piper and Frank also don't have a one-on-one conversation beyond one throwaway line that isn't really directed at each other. Uh, wait, Piper and Frank—they went on a mini mission together. At yeah, one but point. we don't do it though. We, we're yeah, totally yeah. I, I'm like, I remember that they do that. I don't remember what happened, but they did technically interact that one time. Yeah, technically, just off screen. It's just not important. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things that like, there is a lot of interaction that people have, but we just never see any of it. Like, Piper, Leo, and Jason have become good friends, supposedly, been these eight months, and we're now just meant to believe it. I'm like, if I'd seen it, maybe. But currently, no. We need Rick, Rick, you should have wrote more short stories about these things, where they all became besties. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely... Emily, the one short story that needed to be written was more to do with, like, the Mark of Athena stuff. Of, like, the interaction with her mum and all that sort of... Because we get, like, a mini scene of that. But it's not as detailed as I feel it could have been. Because that was a very quick interaction and moment. Yeah, that's, like... That's a big moment. That's pretty (laughs) important. Should have been its own story. And okay, I kind of want like a short story about this random son of Athena that like maybe never went to camp because when when did he go to Circe's? Um, I have many yeah. questions about this random son of Athena who Annabeth has no idea who it is. Like, yeah, interesting because it was like, when Raina was there, so it can't have been that long before Annabeth was at camp. Yeah, I need to like think think about the timeline here. This is this is your shtick, right? The timeline. Yeah. Um when and the was time... Raina there? I don't think it fully states. I think she leaves home when she's ten, and then she leaves Cersei's Island when she's thirteen. So she's there for at least three years. Okay, so three years. Yeah, well, it's it's still, like, within the realm of, like, Annabeth being at camp. So, like, this son of Athena either didn't go to camp or, yeah. like, maybe was older and left camp, which yeah. doesn't usually happen. No, even Annabeth talks about it in this chapter that, like, most of the people at Camp Half-Blood are teenagers, and if any of them survive high school, they'll either become camp counsellors or try and survive out in the real world, which, my God... How depressing is that? This is why I always choose Camp Jupiter for where I would live. Because I like having the idea of having a life expectancy beyond 18. You just gotta be a child soldier. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. just gotta live through that part of it. Yeah. And it's not even that long. It's like, what, like five years of service or something? And then I think so. 
Yeah. yeah. And then you move on and then you get like a happy long life going to university, going to live there for the, like you have a whole community and you're you're set for life basically. It's it's all good. It's beautiful there. We love it. Yeah. yeah. It's very military, which I probably wouldn't like, but like I'd rather that than die. <laughs> Yeah, just gotta get through the militaristic white supremacy. It's it's all good. Yay! Yeah, and that. Uh... <laughs> oh God, Rick, <laughs> why did you do this? <laughs> because Greek and Roman, and you know, yeah, yeah. There's no good somehow reason. managed to make it worse and more close to our to modern history. I'm like that. You could have just left it in ancient history. Why did you have to make them conservative? Uh, not con- confederates. I was going to say conservatives, which admittedly probably they are. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor uh, Frank and Hazel. <sighs> Dear. Hey, hey, they're leading it now. They can they can change some shit around. That's true. That's true. That's, That's true. You know yeah. the tides are ch- changing. We got we got Frank and Hazel as the new I'm forgetting Praetors. Words. Praetors. Yeah, yeah. They can they can change Rome and make it a little bit less. Ugh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of just like on that note, let's just go into like some of the subject specific aspects. I'm intrigued to kind of like hear your thoughts and what you think of this section as like an opening for a book like how do you feel it's flowing are you liking the like the inciting incident that we do get in this all that sort of stuff i mean yeah we're like we're reintroduced to all the characters like you know they they all got their little spots where they're going like annabeth starts off with the leader she's like jason's over there he should be the leader but he's not um and then piper's like already starting with her trying to do her charm speak thing leo's going ADHD wilds and we've locked Coach Hedge in his room to keep him away. <laughs> like, we, we're introduced to all the characters and they got their, like, their little spots. It's all good. And, yeah, I just... I'm at Terminus with the whole Athena thing. We, we already said that's uncomfortable, but I also, like, love Terminus and how annoying he is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good oh, spot there, and what is the is the inciting incident would be like? I guess the fire in New Rome. I guess right? yeah, so the, the firing on them in a sense. Yeah, that's I and mean, kind of like the mentioning of the Mark of Athena. Like, there's technically like two sort of inciting incidents yeah. at the start, and then the the climax of the inciting incident, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about how it makes sense, but it doesn't, the whole, like, getting them up there, like, it's, it's fine. I, like I said, I kind of like the misdirect, but I also see how it's like, wait, why are they going up to the ship? Why, why is Octavian agreeing to this? It's, you know, but also we had, we had to have a fire in Rome. Again, we we had to. That's, that's the reason we're here. Yeah, admittedly, I can see that reasoning, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can, I can deal with that. <laughs> I wonder if Nero heard about this later on. I, I really wanted to hear his thoughts about the the new fire in Rome. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Phil, I feel he would have been like, see, see, it does happen. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. I definitely think it's like, it's an, I think out of the two previous novels that we've had of Lost Hero and Son of Neptune, this is definitely the most interesting opening. Like, we're getting straight into the action at all levels. We're diving into where we need to go, what's going to be happening. What's causing the conflict between the Greeks and Romans that will be happening later on as well? It's because in uh, this one, you don't have to introduce, a, like, a new setting. Like, I mean, we didn't have to introduce Camp Half-Blood, but we did because Jason and Piper and Leo, they haven't been there. So we got yeah. to introduce it to them. And then we've never been to New Rome and all of that. So we had to introduce that in Son of Neptune. And this time we're like, we've been here. We need to introduce the ship and that's it. Like... Wait, we're yeah. good. We know we know what's happening now. We're we're in the third book. <laughs> yeah, that is true. They're they're really kind of diving into it straight away because like, like we've had a lot happen. Like this is forty seven pages and so much has happened already. So we've been introduced to who our official seven are. Um, though as I like previously mentioned, I still don't fully get how Annabeth became one. But she like we've decided now that she just kind of went. I am a part of the seven. They were like, okay, <laughs> you are part of the seven. <laughs> Person, seven. I'm part of the seven. That's how this works. We're a package yeah, yeah. deal now. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? It was her who said who was part of the seven as well, and she included herself and then that number. The, the people from Camp Half Blood, Jason, Piper, Leo, and me. <laughs> just everyone just kind of rolled with it. They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, then Percy's like, oh, and then it's me, Hazel, and Frank. That's how this is gonna work. Like, yeah. And they both argue, like, Octavian tries to say something, and he's just like, no, 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 no. we're not going to listen to you. We're just going to ignore you. No, Love my that. favorite part there is the, the Percy and Jason bromance, um, where it's like, both me and Jason outrank you, Octavian, so we can both tell you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did like that. Like, that moment was was great. <laughs> like, I just needed more of that. <laughs> I just needed more moments of that with the Seven. Um, <laughs> but we're also then introduced to the fact that um, we know the stakes, which is that they have to travel across like an ocean that people have never traveled safely across in like centuries, basically, um, to get to Rome first for the doors of death and then go to Greece for the final battle. And then we have the additional inciting incident that leads to them having to flee because Leo has been possessed and is like attacking Camp Jupiter and it's all hell and chaos. With then the additional bit of hearing the prophecy for this book, because there's always a prophecy in the book, to do with mm -hmm. the Mark of Athena. So there's like 47 pages and we've got a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, it's it's a lot going on here. And that that's not usual for this series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, like the first two books dragged a lot. Mainly The Lost Hero. I look at it now, I'm just like, The Lost Hero is actually the longest book in Heroes of Olympus. It's because it's so much set up. It's just it's so, so much, much set up. So much. And half of it didn't even need to be there. <laughs> like, you could have cut whole chapters and it would have been fine. You didn't need them. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a small child, when I was reading these books, I held on to Lost Hero for my dear life because I was like, this is all I have. So, at, at that moment when the books were coming out, it's like I 
I I have to like this one. It's the only one I have right now. <laughs> but it's you. not great. <laughs> no. <laughs> At least I'm gonna say Blood of Olympus is definitely worse. I think Lost Hero is better than Blood of Olympus. And yet Blood of Olympus also has the Nico and Reyna stuff to be like yeah. good. But like that's all that's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk. You can come on the show when I get to that stage as well, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. Like, I love Nico and Reyna, but it does take away from the plot. But that that, that should have been its own book, Nico and Reyna Adventure. Yes, <laughs> its own solo thing, just like a mini spin-off, so we know what happened during that journey. Rick, money making goals here, dude. <laughs> I know this is how you could have made more money, <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> um, oh god, what was I about to say? Um, I'm in okay, I remember what I was gonna say. I am intrigued as to your thoughts because, like, I know you like you like Mark of Athena, and admittedly, I don't dislike this book, but what I'm not always the biggest fan of is that this book kind of ends up being a side quest book, yeah, a little bit, but like. It's also an important side quest that just, like, it's it's the side quest that they continue in the last one. So, yeah. this this is the Nico and Reyna side quest, but this is the preamble to it. Because yeah. it's all about the Athena Parthenos. Yeah. Yes, the statue, yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't... <laughs> this is why people don't like me. I don't hate it in concept. I just, I would have liked the story to be more about, instead of the statue being the reason why the Greeks and Romans joined forces, mm-hmm. it is like Annabeth and Raina as leaders of their camps joining together and being yeah. an example. Like, I feel like that, like, have it be about the character. Because this is the issue that I do have with Heroes of Olympus as a whole is that the characters don't have time to grow and breathe as characters. They're just kind of moving with the motions in most cases. It's a lot of plot. Yeah. Which, like, I don't hate. <laughs> I feel like I need to reiterate this a lot on my show. I don't hate things. I just... You are passionate. I want passionate. I want character. Like, there is so much potential with a lot of these characters. And I have also would really love for Annabeth to be officially like named like in a sense the leader of Camp Half-Blood because she kind of like talks about it at the start of this chapter of uh, and in relation to her and Raina both having similar looks of stress and anxiety from a leadership role mm-hmm. but then that's kind of never really addressed for Annabeth again she is the leader but she's not ever really kind of looked at as a leader in a lot of cases so so what what we really needed is to have Annabeth and Reyna swapped. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I think that's what we're getting at here. Is like, forget Jason and Percy. Who cares about them? We need Annabeth and Reyna to be swapped for each other's camps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This is the yep. rewrite. This, this is, is the rewrite. <laughs> I have two different ideas for how things could be written, and one of them is the Annabeth and Raina swap instead, and then the other is having Nico be the main character and Annabeth and Percy not being part of the seven. But like different that too, concept. that also <laughs> works. 
Yeah, because then they do technically stop being part of the seven when they, you know, go to hell. Basically, <laughs> like, they stop kind of technically being part of the seven, even though I know they are technically part of it because they're doing the doors of death stuff. But like, they're they're doing a glorified side quest. Um... <laughs> yes, a gl- yes. <laughs> There are too many side quests in Everything this Everything is a side quest. And then we have the mini side quests. Um, it's all... It's, it's fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, we have... I, <laughs> I like it for the amount of mythology that we get. But, like, if you think about it from the plot perspective, I understand the whole, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. If you why really think here? about it, you're kind of like, Why? so much oh my god yeah but like i also had this like um thought that popped into my brain where it's like you also could have done something with the whole like um the whole statue like the romans have to bring that back to the greeks and the fact that like in the last book percy did something similar as a greek bringing the um What's the thing called? The eagle? The the standard. Oh yeah, the standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought that back to Rome. And like like those could have been like a cool like symbol thing of like you know, of like each other yeah. where it's like the 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 opposite side is bringing something back to the other. I don't know. They could have done so he could have done something more with that too. Yeah, cuz like also technically the Athena the Athena Pathos wasn't actually technically brought back by a Roman. Because, like, I know Rainer is bringing it back in the last book, but Annabeth yeah. found it. <laughs> She's a Greek. It should have been Rainer's quest. Um, it should have been Rainer's quest. Because, like, Percy Percy did the thing. He had the help of, like, Hazel and Frank, but he's, still, he's the one who brought the standard back, right? Yeah. Like, and he's the one who uses it in the final battle as well, yeah. So... You know, there. Yeah, Rick. Rick, if you really wanted to push the whole um statue of Athena thing, like you should have also pushed the whole like eagle standard thing, like a little bit more. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause that that was oh, there's a lot of potential with this series, like because they also then <laughs> never talk about the eagle statue again. Like, it's not it's... important now. It's like <laughs> we have it back. Don't care about it. Yeah, because, like, in my head, I'm kind of like, surely that should be a thing that they should be thinking about, of, like, yeah, they're doing, someone's doing a terrible thing right now, but, like, the Greeks have done good things for us in that they brought back, in a sense, our honour. A Greek yeah. brought back our honour. But that that's not dress. It's <laughs> not important. <laughs> Rick. <laughs> I think I think Rick and this series is why I spend so much time plotting that I don't get to the writing part because I'm like, wait, wait, I should plot this out more because like I need to think about this so I don't make mistakes, <laughs> so I don't become a Rick. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh dear, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm the same in that sense. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like, and there's just so many things happen. <laughs> like a half of some like quite a lot of them didn't have to but like they're fun they're fun and they're interesting but half the time I don't know how it's pushing the plot forward at the same time like for a plot heavy story a lot of the stuff yeah. that's happening 
doesn't always contribute to the actual plot at the same time. I think the problem here, Fran, is that we are um, too old to appreciate all of the side quests. We are thinking too hard about it and analyzing it. Yeah. And and I have to bring back my 12-year-old brain and be like, wait, I just like enjoyed this for like what it was way back when. I need to do that again. <laughs> I need to do that. I mean, technically, I wasn't young when I read them the first time. I think I was 19 when I first read the series. So I was already at that age where, like, my brain was starting to be like, you can't have fun anymore. But um, <laughs> I did have fun with them and I did enjoy them. But I'm definitely, when you've read them a couple more times, you do pick up on more things after a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually reread all of the Heroes of Olympus books. I think. The only ones I ever reread were the first two. Mm. Um, and then, you know, life and trying to keep up with the rest of Rick's books. I didn't, I stopped doing the thing where I just kept rereading all of the old books before things came out. It's like, no, I just have to read this new book in a night. Um, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I did very similar things. I think Heroes of Olympus, unfortunately, is the only series that I've it only read twice in its entirety and i don't even think i finished it now that i'm thinking i don't think i actually read blood of olympus more than once because i really don't like it yeah just just this one house of hades and blood of olympus i've only read once so it's fine it's It's fine fine. (laughs) um Speaking of it's fine, let's go into characters with Jason. <laughs> what character? What? Who are you talking about? <laughs> you mean Brick Boy? <laughs> yeah, poor Jason. Oh my god, this boy did like. It's like Rick hates him. <laughs> I swear. I, you know what? You know what? Jason is the stand-in for just, like, Rome and the white supremacy, and that's why he has to constantly hit him in the head. Like, be better, Rome. Be better. I'm hitting you with a brick now. Yeah. That's that's what's happening. Uh, Yeah. I feel like that half doesn't surprise me, but then it also just makes no sense. Because, like, we are told in The Lost Hero that Jason was, like, a rule breaker. Like, he didn't like how stagnant Rome was like he went he bent the rules as much as he could he did what he wanted like he made the fifth cohort cool again and he chose to join the fifth cohort even though everyone told him not to like he did all these things that everyone said no that's stupid why are you doing that because he didn't give a shit about what other people were saying he didn't care for authority he was like a type of Percy so to speak but with a bit more of like like he he was basically a Percibeth child Annabeth's brains and strength with Percy's Percy-ness. <laughs> they combined in one. Um, <laughs> but then they ruined it. Like, Rick ruined this so much by then making him be a glorified army brat kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Jason. Jason, why? Why are you like this? Because Rick doesn't know how to write boy characters that aren't Percy. Like, Leo is basically Percy with just more misogyny. Like, Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Because even Frank, like, just, yeah, literally, Jason and Frank are two characters that were really underdeveloped by Rick, and they're two characters that are very different to any other kind of male character he's written before. And then you've got Leo, who's basically Percy. And then you've got Nico, who really doesn't actually develop beyond gloomy. So like, he just leave my goth child alone. I d- I like Nico. I just Rick just does not know how to develop him beyond the goth element. <laughs> just like, let him just be a little like just give him some more character. Just a little, just a little bit, just so because he feels the same as he did in like Battle of the Labyrinth and like mm. Last Olympian. And that's this is meant to be like a year later. And he's kind of still the same. And I'm like, I feel like he would have changed a little bit. But now he's the ambassador to Pluto. And he's all cool with the Robins. Which, I I feel like that needs its own book, actually. We need, like, a little prequel story of how the fuck Nico got in with the Robins. And they're all just Literally. cool with Yeah. And they're cool with him going against Protocol. Because, like, he was, he was breaking Protocol as well by turning his toga black. Which you weren't allowed to do. <laughs> but he did it anyway and no one said anything. <laughs> Shh, he's goth. It's fine. We we support this black toga wearing. <laughs> <laughs> we support the goths. <laughs> I, uh... Even though they sacked Rome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I think that's just the one thing. That I just feel like Rick is just very inconsistent with how he writes characters. Like He just doesn't seem to know how to write non- Non sarcastic characters. Yeah, uh, he can he can only write sarcasm. It's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Godfred, you you should read uh, Rick's first first book, which I read for um, a bonus episode of Of the Eldest Gods. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember your commentary on that in the Discord. So I that I was. want to hear you. Just trash it so hard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to. I will have to read it. I'm. <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> yeah, but like that book really deserves it, especially. <laughs> but also, you won't understand half of it because, like, it's so Texas. It's just. I, mean, I don't even understand half of what happens in Percy Jackson, and I love this series. I'm like, this is so American. I don't know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's the Battle for Manhattan. I was confused the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where any of these people are. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> where is this? I guess What's what? Happening? I also don't know, but that's just because I don't know New York that well. Valid, valid. Emily, I'm also always confused about the quests because I'm just like, why is it taking so long? And then I look at a map and I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why. You're on your little tiny island and like, yeah. we've got like, all of this. Yeah. I travel nine hours. I'm in a different country. <laughs> and that's just no. if I stay on this one continent. If I... Not one continent. This one... Con- uh, if I stay in Britain... <laughs> I can't think of the right word. This I one t- island. If I go to Europe, nine hours, I would have travelled through four different countries. <laughs> I went on a train for like 12 hours and I I didn't even... I, I, I only made it to Virginia. Wait, where where are you, statewide? I'm in Boston. Is that just is that that's the next state? 
that that's way fo- that's far down, but it's like it's not like all the way down. It's just oh. like mid US. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to picture it. I only just made it to like the south. Like Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. For twelve hours on a train. So this is a big country. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking it's, like twelve all of hours driving from where I am. If I, if I went twelve hours south, I'd be in the ocean. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, <laughs> let's go into something more uh, fun. I want to go into relationships because I am intrigued to hear your thoughts on the Persebeth stuff that happens in this chapter. Well. I mean, I've seen your notes, and I do agree with some of the things happening here. Yeah. But also, um, the judo flip. The the judo flip. Um, it's priceless. It's priceless. It's beautiful. Um, it is not abuse. You people who are like, wow, Annabeth's so abusive by flipping her boyfriend. No, she was very upset with the fact that all of this happened. How how many months has it been? How many months? Eight. Eight months. Yeah. Um yeah. she's a, she's allowed. I think she's allowed this. Yeah. Yeah. And admittedly also, there was the additional fact of she told him not to go anywhere, and he still did. <laughs> Which meant it took longer for them to get there. <laughs> Percy, just stay in one place. Don't move. Okay. I gotta go on a quest, babe. Like, real quick. Just it's fine yep (laughs) like that's possibly the additional fact of like she asked him to do one thing so she could find him and he went nah nah i'm good good. (laughs) i gotta go save the day because i'm percy jackson and (laughs) that's what i do yeah apparently he didn't have any memories at the time so he doesn't even know if that's what he does <laughs> um i think i saved the day i think i'm like this cool like sort of poseidon neptune whatever it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is but yeah no i've got to say that judo flip not abusive a bit weird but like <laughs> just mainly because like also just it's a I power was, i remember yeah, it's a power move as well. She has to assert her dominance. Yeah. Um, because also because she's in Rome, she has to assert her dominance. Yes, the additional fact against against the new Roman leader Percy. Yeah. Like think about it that way. Yeah, I think the additional fact of she doesn't know where he had been for eight months because we also never find this out. By the way, because he only yeah. just appeared a week ago. Where has he been for the previous eight months that he was missing? I assume he was under some sleeping beauty, sleeping spell or something. I thought that's what was insinuated from that, where he was just like, you know, just non-existent sleeping for in some space. I don't know what was happening there, but yeah, yeah. he just stopped existing for a bit. Yeah. So I I wonder if she doesn't know that and wonders if maybe for eight months he was just about somewhere like and because she's been around jason as well she knows how long memories 
Tate to come back. So maybe she was wondering why his memories haven't come back and he hasn't come back to her and stuff like that. Like, there was going to be a lot of stuff that was running through her mind. And she she has some very serious abandonment issues. Like Already. Like, already. So <laughs> like, much. Five times over, at least, because abandoned once by family when she was seven, went back, they rejected her, went back again, they rejected her again, went back, had to deal with the continued trauma of what she'd experienced in the past, lost Luke, lost Talia, lost Percy once and had to have a funeral for him, then lost Percy again. <laughs> That's eight times she's faced abandonment. <laughs> I hope Annabeth goes to therapy. Like, I hope they they all do, but uh, Annabeth, please go to therapy. Um, Yeah, very much so. The poor girl. I I also need, like, um, another book of just, like, Annabeth looking for Percy. I need that one, where it's just, like, Percy disappears and... All of all of the emotions going on with that, and where she goes to look, yeah. and her entire quest with that. There's probably a fanfic yes. of that somewhere, but <laughs> there, there's. I mean, there's probably fanfics for all the things that I have asked about. But like, Rick also you could have made so much money. You could have, <laughs> maybe one day. But um, yeah, obviously, there's there's a lot of stuff like Percy Beth as like a relationship. I don't hate it it's definitely not the best love story out there seaweed brain podcast i'm very sorry um <laughs> they're coming after you <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's the best love story definitely not the best heterosexual love story that's kim and ron possible um and yes i made them married I, now <laughs> i have feelings and thoughts about that but we will talk later <laughs> we'll talk later <laughs> Um, just comparatively from the friends to lovers sort of thing. I feel like that was done slightly better. But we, again, we'll talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> this is not this podcast. If you want a podcast about Kim Possible, check out That's the Sitch with Darian and Robert. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> um, but the only thing that I just don't like about Purse Beth is just I don't like how it goes after they're in a relationship. And this is a problem I have with a lot of stories that have the couple get together and then the story kind of continues afterwards because Mm -hmm. the relationship usually kind of stales them as characters for me sometimes it doesn't always happen but unfortunately has happened quite a few times like i think the one i hear the most is um bones the relate when they get together in the show bones i i think i've heard about that yeah yeah, I haven't seen it, but I think I've heard the discourse a little bit. Yeah, I- I've not seen it either, just because I heard that and I was like, oh, well, that's just funny. <laughs> this, is, this is why they always end up, like, breaking up the main couple in, like, those things. It's like, you you spend so long trying to get them together, and then, like, they, they finally get together. Okay, what now? Let's break them up! Because, like, yeah. what yeah. else can you do? You can't just yeah. have them be happy. No, I think they did be that. Boring. I think they did that with Castle as well. They don't like break them up, but they cause a lot of conflict. Like they still kind of worked as a couple, but it definitely took away the interest element of like the will they won't they sort of stuff. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I don't like necessarily like, a huge issue with Persebeth, but I do think Rick doesn't really know how to write an already made couple. Hmm. Because there's a few cases of that in the past. I think, ironically, the only couple I can think of that is written well is Sally and Paul. 
because there is the development there they are good together as a couple they work well they're just the family dynamic there is just perfect i love it i like just reread like the chapter that they 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 first like have their date and it's just like oh my god i love paul paul is the best just oh god him in the last olympian (laughs) just like i took shakespeare classes wichita (laughs) best character best character if paul rudd does not play paul blowfuss in the show i I will be so disappointed (laughs) i think he would do it as well i think if he was asked he would play paul blowfuss i feel like he would do it i think the irony there is that um paul rudd played uh logan lerman's teacher in oh yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) he's been a mentorish figure to many percy's (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think it would work <laughs> but um but yeah the the only issues i have with Persever, like the, the glaring elements are kind of appearing already in this section i think the worst one i saw though was um the short story the song of apollo that was like a world book day short that he wrote oh my god percy is the worst boyfriend in that short story he's like belittling annabeth he's rude to annabeth in his like the way he thinks about her and the way like mm, it's i'm just i was like oh oh mm." (laughs) and they're like they immediately kind of set the tone for me of just like i'm gonna have to keep an eye out for some things like this because that was unexpected (laughs) to see that behavior i have not read that one yet and i've only heard people trash it so yeah, it's like, it's it's not a bad story, but I also hate it. <laughs> Maybe you know, that's yeah. a valid take. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad, but I hate it. <laughs> but, um, it's kind of like, it keeps with this vibe though, because like, unfortunately, Percy does have like these thoughts about Annabeth prior to their relationship as well. Like the opening section in Last Olympian, people heard me talk about that when I was going through it of the way he compared Annabeth to Rachel, basically making out that Rachel is, in a sense, the better option because she's less complicated. She doesn't hide how she's feeling. She isn't, you know, almost like aggressive-like when she's mad mm-hmm. that you don't understand what she's feeling. She's just really cool and collective, you know? She's she's the better sort of person sort of vibe that kind of came from that whole paragraph explanation mm-hmm. for why Rachel is better, quote-unquote. So we all really have that vibe. (laughs) That's like, I'm trying to logic which one of these people I should choose, but feelings-wise, Annabeth. um. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I don't mind things like that, but, like, I've always hated, like, storylines where they're they're trying to justify, like, oh, I should go for the other person, quote-unquote, because this person sucks. I'm like, you shouldn't really be bad-mouthing the person (laughs) that you supposedly like to try and convince yourself to go for someone else like and it it happens a lot in like YA and like kids media and stuff like that of you have to badmouth the not the best option yeah I mean mm. let's also remember that this is all in Percy's head yeah (laughs) so at least he's not saying it yes at least he's not saying it (laughs) we're just like that's a fair point (laughs) But, like, it kind of continues here in Annabeth's point of view of not, like, thinking... Because, ironically enough, she doesn't think anything bad 
of Percy. She just thinks badly about any girl who's interacted with him. Yeah, yeah, the Hazel thing. And the, the and Hazel Raina thing, thing, the Raina thing. <laughs> Why? Hazel looks like a child. She saw a girl standing next to Percy and went, jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would have been like, Frank is standing next to Percy. Jealousy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The whole thing, you're just, I read it and I was like, why did I forget this happened? Because this is so stupid. She's just standing there. And then Annabeth, with her, like, her logic brain sometimes, where she's like, oh no, the body language here, Frank and Hazel, they must be a couple. But they hadn't been together very long. It's like, Annabeth, can you chill for, like, two seconds? Yeah. Like, your logic brain, I I love it, but I also hate it a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you just need to calm down just a little, little, little bit. And like she does for a bit <laughs> and then just goes straight from one to a hundred again with Raina. Like three times. <laughs> this is stop. this is this is her ADHD and like super logic brain. That's what's happening here. Is like she's yeah. just zeroing in on like those things that she cares about and going off on it for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Which like I get, but at the same time, it's just it's very much that stereotypical, like writing from a girl's perspective who's in a relationship sort of stuff of like Must anyone who jealousy yeah anyone who looks at my man that dead to me sort of vibe and i'm like i hate that <laughs> like why are you doing this and and it is worse specifically with how she kind of thinks about Raina. and of course she yeah. Raina gets this a lot all the girls seem to minus hazel because hazel was the best all the girls seem to really hate Raina <laughs> in some re- degree, where they're automatically possessive of the guy in their life, automatically just, like, thinking the worst of her, and then realise when they have, like, one proper conversation, oh, she's not actually that bad. I'm like, yes, it's called not being, <laughs> like, a judgmental meanie, like, when you first see someone. Hey, Fred, it's it's because they're all, like, immediately attracted to Raina, too, I and would, they're just I like, it. oh, yes. oh, wait, 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 no, I, I have to hate her. No, I cannot be attracted to her. And then I they talk to her and they're it. like, oh shit, I'm in love. <laughs> I will take that. Yes, because actually I definitely did have moments like that. I didn't have like boyfriends I had it with. I just had like a rational, like, I must dislike you. I don't know why, but I do. And I'm like, Looking back, it's just like, oh no, that was just a gay feeling. My body being like, oh no, gay, get it away, get it away. <laughs> gay feelings must be hate. <laughs> oh my god! Speaking of Annabeth and Raina's first date, um, <laughs> <laughs> going for a walk along, along the grass, and getting hot chocolate, looking out over the horizon talking about architecture something that even percy doesn't like to do i mean come on rainer is the perfect woman for you annabeth i mean don't knock you know, it you try it. <laughs> annabeth has two hands um yes that too <laughs> yes uh, i'm obsessed uh, I, I just love Raina Beth, but I also love Piper and Annabeth, but I also love Percy and Annabeth. This is the problem of being a multi-shipper friend. Oh yeah. I I can't. 
Yeah, I'm all. also I'm also a Piper and Rainer fan. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's got real possibility, especially with well, not really anymore with how the series ends. But you know, um, <laughs> but not to say anything big spoiler wise. Um, although I probably have at some point anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, the only thing that like I just Rainer really does deserve so much better. Firstly, she deserves her own series. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, can't <laughs> stop the gay. Can't stop the gay. Um, although Raina is saying stop now, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know that I don't dislike Percy Beth. This is where I was going. <laughs> I don't like dislike Percy Beth, but I do think the way Rick writes it is not the best. Like I think he kind of dropped the ball a lot with how to present their relationship. There's a lot of possessiveness that comes across with it. There's a lot of conflicting imagery that comes with it. The way in which they think about each other isn't always, I don't know, it just kind of comes across really weird in some cases. And we're seeing just most of it at the moment in Alabas' perspective of this weird possessiveness, sort of like misogynistic elements as well towards how she's thinking about Raina, which I really didn't like. Like, And there is quite a bit of this, unfortunately, um, of the female, like there's a lot of internalized misogyny within the female characters of Heroes of Olympus. Because they, they, you've got the like the girl boss vibes that are happening a lot, but it's the 2010s yeah. girl boss. It's not the 2022 girl boss. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, we must wear trousers. We must be slightly masculine because that is the only way to be a woman. Um, and it's like, no. <laughs> no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> just there are different types of people (laughs) no no the only valid girls are not like other girls um yeah (sighs) (sighs) i always thought that hazel wasn't gonna be like hazel has the vibes of not being a not like other girls person but we also half the time don't even know what hazel was wearing to know whether or not she is a not like other girls person like i don't think she wears makeup which, like, obviously, that's not like a, f- not like other girls thing, but maybe she does. Does she always wear trousers? Like, like, what is the vibe? We need more Hazel. <laughs> Whenever people draw her, I swear they always just draw her in like denim, and I'm like, I mean, that's a vibe because she's a horse girl, but yes. also like, <laughs> is oh, yeah, that her vibe? A horse girl. That is that would be like that- classes like stereotypically like feminine stuff. The horse girl. Yeah. We have one thing that we know about Hazel. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Listen, I love Hazel so much. <laughs> yeah. I love Hazel so much, but we don't know anything about her. <laughs> like, her personality is unknown. <sighs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's not fine, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the fire. This is fine. <laughs> In the fire of New Rome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and of course, as New Rome burns, our heroes flee, and we have more drama to come. <laughs> and that's what you missed on Mark of Athena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Charlie, do you have any final thoughts for this section of Mark of Athena? Oh my goodness, we talked about so much. 
yeah i forgot why we were going with a lot of stuff (laughs) you know it kind of got away from us but like that is the 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 just just the we were talking about things we liked that's the neurodivergent brain just going off (laughs) the vibes (laughs) <laughs> I I don't think I I can't think of anything that we like missed per se. Uh, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about this section? Like, are you were you excited to kind of like move on to it? Like, just how how are you feeling vibe wise? I mean, I like this section. I I just I liked the whole seven meeting, <laughs> but like, yeah, they don't interact enough. Like the. When, when I first picked up this book, this was, like, where I was. I was, like, so excited. They're finally gonna get the whole gang together. And then, oh, yeah, uh, Jason is passed out. Leo is possessed. Um, Frank is a dragon. It's all fine. Yeah. Um, like, half of them don't even end up together. <laughs> Frank is a dragon. Hazel's running off on her horse. Leo is up on the ship. Piper is and, having to drag Jason's unconscious body up onto the ship. And about to start her date with Raina and has no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And then has to drive the ship and then Percy has no idea what's going on. He's just running around like, why did this go wrong? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh my god. It's a, it's a good example of this series of just chaos. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's the true vibe of the seven getting together. It's just chaos yeah yeah chaos incarnate and it doesn't get any better <laughs> it just stays that way <laughs> it's not necessarily a bad thing because chaos can be good it's just like maybe just dial it slightly <laughs> no they're demigods oh um, yeah that's true that's true that's true we, we can't dial it back <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah i think that is us all done so yeah charlie thank you so much for coming I want to talk with you about this opening section of Mark of Athena. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I love the vibes. Oh, yeah. Vibes galore. <laughs> so, uh, can you tell the listeners where they can find you, your podcast, all that fun stuff? Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me. Um, I'm at Green Pixie 12 most places on the internet, uh, except for Twitter, where I'm at Green Pixie 123. Uh, I also have a drawing Instagram at Green Pixie Draws. I drew a bunch of Percy Jackson art recently. So, Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and of the oldest gods is wherever you can find podcasts. It's it's a fun time, and we're in the middle of Titan's Curse. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so many <laughs> things. So many things. Um, and all of that stuff is going to be linked in the episode show notes down below. So if you want to go check out Of the Eldest Gods and Charlie, you can do that with the links down below. Um, this is seriously been a lot of fun. I will definitely have to have you come back on in future because this is this is great. <laughs> yes, I bring the positivity and the chaos. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, for everyone listening of course question of the episode time because I've just come up with it on the spot right now which is what did you think of the opening of Mark of Athena that question will be going up on the social media so be sure to leave your answer there or email in and uh, yeah Charlie again thank you so much for coming on and thank you all for those who are listening for joining us for this week's segment just join me next Wednesday as we continue our own journey Bye, everyone. Bye. 
To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see just me to you all next time. Bye.